Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on Episode 5, Season 4 of The Standoff here on New Zealand Sport Radio with Brad and Richie. We are live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Evening, Richie. Uh, well, it was a terrible weekend for our picks, um, but it was another great weekend of NRL. Um, firstly, how was your weekend? And secondly, what did you think of round two? Yeah, my weekend was good. Thanks, Brad. hope yours was as well. I thought round two was, yeah, it was entertaining. A lot of drama. Unfortunately, not quite the result we were after, but... Um, yeah, hope, hopefully it bounced back on the table this weekend. We're um, we're one and zero when you're in Wellington, so I think maybe we found the answer. You just got to come to Wellington every weekend. Yeah, I don't know if I can afford that, but yeah. we'll we'll talk to the club and see what we can do. Okay. Um, but yeah, while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at eight pm, you can also catch our show at your convenience um, via the podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, all those places. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of round two, and an update on our tips. Um, we'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys, as well as questions we've got for each other. Um, we'll then preview round three and make our picks before ending the night with a recap of the Super League. Uh, so remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show. I see we've got Simon and Jacko here already. Eden, guys. Hey, guys. Um, and we may as well just jump straight into it, Richie. Let's. Um, first one was kind of a little bit left field, but there's a lot of information here. Uh, but the ARL Commission has planned to expand the NRL to a 20 team competition. Um, it was a report from like News Corp, um, but they said that Peter Vlandes and Sydney Roosters Supremo Nick Pilla, Nick, good old Nicky boy, um, are behind a $400 million plan. They'll see rugby league become Australia's number one football code by the 2032 Brisbane Olympics. Um, some of the ideas they haven't really given everything, um, like a full breakdown of the deals, but they're looking at a Pacifica franchise. Um, they're saying that's the leading contender to win a license to the 18th NRL team. Um, they would like it to be fully based, um, based full time in Ken's 
while hosting several games in Samoa, Tonga, and Papua New Guinea. Um, there's also talk of the Sydney Bears becoming part of the merger with the Pacifica team to bring the Bears back to top flight rugby team, um, rugby league for the first time since 99. Um, the Australian government's going to provide tens of millions of dollars in financial support to help fund the Pacifica team. And then other teams in the mix for the other, so well, it was 18, so the other two spots um, do also include North Sydney. Um, again, uh, North Sydney, Pacifica, New, a second New Zealand team, a Papua New Guinea team, a Perth team, and Brisbane's Firehawks and Jets. Um, Andrew Abdo, the NRL CEO, and Volandis are reportedly open to announcing an 18th NRL team in time for the next TV rights deal in 2027 before adding the 19th and 20th teams within the next decade. So that's a lot of info I just threw at you, Richie. Um, but what's your take on all this news? You're right. I, you know I can't process all that info. It's hard enough to bloody read it, mate. Very short attention span. <laughs> um yeah i i 20 teams seems like yeah it does seem like a lot but it's only three more than we have now i guess but so long as it's not coming at the expense of of quality competition i'd hate to see some of the bigger teams continue to dominate then the expansion boys become the the whipping boys and, and get a hiding most weeks that wouldn't be the ideal situation. So if we could maintain some sort of competitiveness, then that's fine. I love the idea of a Pacifica team, just not based out of out of Cairns. I think that's a weird one. We were talking about it before coming on. I, I, somewhere like Auckland, it would it would go off. I'm sure it'd be well supported. Um, I, yeah. No, no, absolutely no. Yes, it would. <laughs> we just we got well we just had a we just had a Pacifica Union team put here and no one turns up. Let's be blunt, right? They well, that, yeah, that's, that's right. The union though, Paul. That's union. No one, no one goes to no the one, union anymore. No Paul. one turns up to yeah. union anymore. Look at the Chiefs game. Was no one there? Um, <laughs> but, um, I mean, hang on. How can you have the North Sydney Bears playing in Cairns? That's a, yeah. that's a Pacifica team. I I don't I don't what? get that either. The Bears are very desperate to get back in, and they know they don't want another Sydney team because there's already too many. So I yeah, think that basically you're saying basically you're saying you're not the Bears anymore. You're not really because they'll still be the Bears. They just won't be from North Sydney. Yeah, I mean, how many fans are going to travel from Sydney up to uh, up to Cairns to watch games? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I like Simon's put like Perth, Adelaide, Christchurch are ideal locations. Yeah. Um, and yes, I'm said it would when the Warriors will play away at home when they play the Pacifica team. I do like the idea of Pacifica team, but I I I don't like the mixing of them all. Um, not sounding like a old school white guy here, Richie. My bad. But um, like if you're going to do it, pick like Papua New Guinea should have a team if they're going to do it, and instead yeah. of throwing everybody in, just have a Papua New Guinea team as one of the three extras have one in Perth because that hasn't got a, an area and um, go with, yeah, Adelaide. I've seen Adelaide a lot areas that they want to try to infiltrate. Cause that's the name of the game for the NRL, you know? Um, and I think Jacko mentioned earlier that there's not really enough talent for 20 teams. Nah, you saw like what so. happened. The dolphins uh, 
you know, admittedly playing very well right now, but they're riding high on guys at the end of their career that were mm. looking for a, a one last shot before they hang up the boots. So you throw an extra three teams in there, where are they going to come from? So it is, it's not like they're doing this in you know a year or two. They're basically looking the next couple of years for the 18th and then a decade for the next two. So there would be time to work on pathways to actually make more more players come up, but I'm not sure. Um, we'll probably dive into it a bit more. Um, Andrew from Nothing But League sent me a question regarding um, this whole talk about the Pacifica team, so we, we can move on from that unless you've got anything else to add. Yeah. Do you think that they're entertaining this idea as a way to to scratch the itch of these Pacific players uh, representing their heritage, and then they're able to still, you know what I'm saying, right? Still Con- select conspiracy play, corner but, with with Mr. Sterling. Um, yeah, absolutely, potentially. But I I, I can't speak um, for Pacific Island players, but I'd feel like the the pride of playing for Samoa or Tonga. It wouldn't really be there if you're playing for a, a yeah. NRL team that's just got a whole lot of Samoans, Tongans, and Papua New Guineans in it. You could basically say that's just any old NRL team, if yeah. we're going to be honest. Um, there's always a mix of cultures in all the clubs right now. So I don't know if you would get that pride. Um, mm. So I'm not sure. I don't know if it would scratch that itch, but it wouldn't put it past the NRL to be sneaky like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, and um, we've got comments saying um, pick from New South Wales, Queensland Cup. If they can't get into a franchise, obviously they can get picked up by the 19th and 20th franchises, more opportunities. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of talent in those lower grades that aren't hitting first grade yet. So you could get those guys. Um, we have one debuting for the Warriors this week, um, Tane Torpiki. You know, he was kind of lighting up everything in Queensland Cup and was never getting a shot at the next level um, he is now. But there, there could be another 10, 20 guys like that, I guess. But then still you need, you know, 30 players a squad. You know, that's another 90 players. Mm. You know, so it's a lot. But I'm sure it's going to be something we're going to talk about a lot. Um, and Simon said, um, does my cousin still play for the Kins Titans? He might have knowledge on Kins. He doesn't. He's back in the uh, the sunny state of Invercargill, um, playing for the Southland Sharks. Um, so I'm sure he would have some knowledge there. I know my family used to go to Kins all the time, um, and they do like their league up there. But how they would take a Pacifica team, I'm not sure. But, yeah, as I said, we'll have a lot more on this as, as the season goes on. I'm sure Volandis... Um, will want to get out and get his face on TV again. So um, I'm sure he'll come out with a whole lot more stories for us. So we'll keep track of it and update when we get anything new. But we'll move on to some more stories, Richie. Um, yeah. okay. James Tedesco, he signed an extension to remain at the Roosters until the end of 2025. I believe he's getting like 10% of that $400 million that they're going to do to increase the game. Um yeah, it's um, good, I guess, for Tedesco to see they've extended his deal because there were all these rumours with um, Joseph Sawali'i um, doing his extension last week that they were kind of looking to move Tedesco on, apparently. That doesn't seem to be the case. Um, I'd say another two years. Do you think Tedesco will be done at the end of that? 
Or will he go on? Potentially. What's what's his age now? 30? Oh, what is he? Go good on, question. Google. Google it. Um, yeah, he's still in good shape, mate. Like he, he, in, so well, in two years, that would be perfect for the, for the next kind of expansion Dolphins kind of team. Yeah, yeah. Could be. Yeah, you say James Sadisco is going to be in the Pacifica team. <laughs> um, he's... He's still in great shape, though, isn't he? He he was dogged with injuries early on, but um, yeah, he's he's thirty. He's thirty um, years. So he, he turned thirty in January. He's still got a lot of speed. He's still one of the elite players of the game. Doesn't look like slowing down anytime soon. So whether or not he goes another couple of years after that, I'm sh- I'm sure he could. Yeah, he's a cheap man's Roger Tuivasa-Shek, mate. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, I'm sure if he's still if he's still fit and healthy, um, I. I'm sure he'll stay on, you know, be 32. Yeah. That, that is kind of a time when some of those those fullbacks do kind of dip away. But um, I'm sure if the Roosters have decided they want to put all their eggs in the Suoli'i basket um, at 32, he'll probably end up back at the Tigers. The Tigers always want him back. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But they've at least got him for the next um, couple of years. Um, they weren't finished, though, the Roosters. Um, they've also signed Parramatta Eel Nathan Brown, effective immediately. Um, he, I believe he isn't going to be available for them until round five, which is against the Eels, interestingly enough. But um, in order to free up a spot, um, money wasn't an issue, naturally, but they needed a <laughs> roster spot. So they've released, um, I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Tuku Hau Tapuna, Ta- Tapua. Um, to another NRL club, but they haven't announced which club that is. Um, but what's your take on Nathan Brown going to the Roosters straight away? It's not a bad signing. No, well, it's not bad. He's just another super aggressive workhorse um, who can slot in there. Um, the pack's already pretty good, but they're pretty decimated by injuries. Um, yeah, I'm just another... String to the bow of a already nice roster, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's surprising that, um, but it shouldn't really be that surprising. The Roosters, if they want a player, they get the player. So yeah. um, I'm sure he'll go well for them. He, he's a, a big hard nut. Um, just a shame he wasn't playing for them when we got to play the Roosters because um, he always seems to like to have a bit of biffo with the Warriors players. So mm-hmm. that would have been interesting. But I'm sure there'll be plenty of that if he ends up playing against the Eels in his first hit out. So watch the space. Um, next one, we've got more sighting news. Uh, Bronco Patrick Carrigan um, is extended to stay with the Broncos until the end of the 2028 season. So a massive deal there. He's basically come out and said he doesn't want to play for any club other than the Broncos anyway. Um he's still young. I, I know I usually say I don't like the long-term deals for both the player and the club. Um, but, you know, I'll put the the commentator's curse on him now. You know, he'll be injury-free for all that time. He'll be fine. <laughs> um, but I think it's a, a massive win for the Broncos. Um, I think when they were in their, their downtime a few years back when they looked woeful, he was one of really the only shining lights they had, Richie. Yeah, and you only need to go back to last year when the Broncos were flying high and then they lost... Patrick Carrigan for a period, and that's when they really started going downhill and winded up dropping out of the eight. But yeah, he's he's really the cornerstone of their of 
their pack and one of the heart and soul players of their team. So uh, retaining yeah. him sure would have been top of their priority list. So, yeah, that's a win for them. 100%. And next bit of news has actually updated um, since I put them down in our notes. But the ARL Commission has um, now approved the implementation of a mandatory 11-day stand-down for players that suffer head injuries. So obviously um, we'll get into it in Casualty Ward because there's quite a few head knocks that aren't playing this week. But um, it's been a big thing. And as we talked about last week, Richie, it's kind of a, you know, protect themselves from the players type situation as well. Um, but I've got, I'm not going to read all of it because it's massive, but they, I just wanted to bring up the exceptions because in the exception circumstances, clubs will have the ability to apply for an exemption on the 11-day stand-down period through a review by an independent neurological expert. So um, the, the application will only be allowed if the following criteria is met. So I'll just read the criteria. Category 1 signs, symptoms are not observed. The player is asymptomatic the day following the concussion. Cognitive testing has returned to normal. The player has suffered fewer than five previous career concussions, so that's Ponga ruled out. Mm. Um, the player has no previously diagnosed concussions with the previous three months, and the player has no history of previous concussions with prolonged recovery. So um, a lot a lot to take in for you again, Richie. But uh, what's your take on this and the potential... Do you see the NRL backtracking if you say you've got the Panthers and the Roosters for the grand final and Nathan Cleary hits, gets a head knock the week before and Tedesco will just pick those two players and they're not going to be in the grand final? Do you think the NRL will backtrack and they'll suddenly be allowed exceptions for those or will they stick with their guns? I'd like to think not because if you're going to draw a line in the sand and um... – Come out with something like this it's got to be across the board and and no exceptions when you know like you say for, for big games and then big game players are let off but i think it's a it, it's pretty good um especially given recent history with head knocks you've had multiple people with early retirements or retiring due to multiple concussions and ongoing concussion symptoms um, so it's a it's a positive thing just trying to look after the players because in, in our favourite game of rugby leagues, a lot of the time players are tougher, you know, too tough for their own good, really. So um, and just look at KP, Kalen Pong has just been going through the wars the, the past couple of years. So um, you got to look after. You put him in the category of tougher than they, they can be. Uh, I think he's probably tougher than you give him credit for, mate. Wow. It folds like a napkin every time they blow at him, mate. Yeah, and, and he keeps coming back for more foldings. That's his problem. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's it's for players like that. You you want – the NRL want guys like Ponga in their competition. Um, so this is kind of the way to, to, you know, stop the players from getting in their own way, I guess. It's probably – a a rushed way of saying what you just said. You got thoughts, Paul? Yeah, look, I think you have to take a hat, hat tip to the NRL. They've made it very clear mm. as to why, how you can and cannot um, do exceptions rather than a, a washy kind of, oh, uh, under exceptional circumstances, you can have exceptions. 
But yeah. they, they've, they've put some very clear guidelines there, which I think is, is, is a good thing to do. Um, I guess a quick question for you guys then. Uh, as you say, you're about to do a long list casualty ward. Do, um, do squads need to be increased by a player or two to cope with this? Potentially, I know they do get some dispensation. I think I didn't look into it a hundred percent, but I think the knights have kind of they've been they've been rejected for an application for getting salary cap benefit if Pong is ruled out for the rest of the season after his you know he's had two head knocks in two rounds. Um, but I think they've got like permission to use their. Um, not train the trial, you know, the next step down from your top 30 because of the amount of injuries will go into it. They've got, you know, four or five that are out for a long period of time. Mm. So they do have rules like that, Paul, where they can kind of grab from their feeder club in dire circumstances. But yeah, potentially they will have to look at um, increasing it. But then you get the problem where you'll increase it to say 35, 38 players and then the Roosters will take all the good players um, and add them to their roster of 30. Um, but yeah, Kayser has also said um, the NRL is worried about the class action like the AFL. Yeah, so at the moment, the AFL have got a class action suit from former players for a similar thing. Um, this kind of scratches that straight out. A player now, if they wanted to do this, you go, well, look, the NRL has done everything they can to make sure you're safe. It's at your risk now. So I think this one move in the foul sweep stops that from happening, which is the goal. Um, and, yeah, Simon said, um, Phil Gould has questions about compassion being real. I assume you mean with the NRL. I I, I don't know if it, I – I think I said it last week, Simon. I don't think there's a lot of compassion in it. I think it's squarely about the, the bottom dollar. They don't want to get into a situation where they have to pay millions of dollars out to players. Um, I'm sure there's still a bit of the compassion in there, but then, as I said, with the Ponga situation, is that compassion because they don't want to lose players like Ponga? Um, mm. Oh, it had um, oh, okay. So no, Phil Gilday questions about concussions being real. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's completely different. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know if I want to get into that. Um, <laughs> I lo- I love Guild. Um, I love him. Don't get me wrong, but concussions are real um i've never had one or never been diagnosed with one in any of my sporting have you richie no mate always take care of uh, take care of the noggin no we i just got we've got south auckland heads mate really. yeah but it's, it's a look off the pretty face right <laughs> <laughs> plenty of other injuries but no i had my, lucky enough to have been hit in the head i had my fair share of head knocks i think the only one would have been a game for manurewa uh, at the Marlins, I got an elbow to the forehead from a Otara player, and I don't remember hitting the ground, but I remember getting up. I played the ball, dropped the ball, because I played the ball about two feet away from the ground, mm. and we didn't even get a penalty. I got it got deemed a knock-on. Uh, so we, we've gone a long way since okay. those days. I, I think I think we can uh, we can categorically say you've had a concussion, okay? When you say I've never had a concussion, but I, I, I say I've never been diagnosed bouncing off the ground. I remember straight after that though, Paul. So that that's fine. I um, think I've given Brad a couple of concussions. Sure, <laughs> sure you have. I um, mean, yeah, Christopher said um, if he was a fighter, I'd say his chin is gone. Um, yeah. I assume that's to do with um, Ponga. But yeah. um, 
yeah i yeah it's um my question's kind of about that so we'll go on a bit more about ponga later but ponga is in the next segment which is our injury ward uh or casualty waters like to call it get ready for the head knocks richie because there's a lot of them um, all right so i just talked about um no jacko said he gets concussions watching the 360 show. we all do mate yeah. we all do <laughs> do that whenever i have to listen to breath and Asta, to be fair yeah um so, yeah, the Knights. I just mentioned that they've had a, a lot of injuries, um, but Kalon Ponga and Jaden Braley are both out this week after getting head knocks in round two. But they're also joined by Adam Elliott and Kurt Mann, who are out for four to six weeks with gro- groin and calf injuries. So, um, massive so, losses. All four of those guys are massive losses for the Knights, Richie. So, not to pin Knights this week? <laughs> no. Um, I think, yeah. And. Um, Adam Elliott's just got there, so I don't think like, he's a very good player, but I don't think it's as important as your man's Pongas and Braley's who have kind of been there and been linchpins for them. But um, yeah, it takes a bit of sting out of that forward pack. But um, Tigers, Tommy Talau and Jack Simkin are also out with head knocks. Um, and Dane Lowry from that team um, will also miss the week with a knee injury. Joining the the headlock club is Warriors players Chance Nickel Clockster. And Jackson Ford, they're both out this week um, with head knocks. Um, and that's really all of the head knocks I could find. But um, Nelson Asafa Solomona from the Storm is out for up to eight weeks. He got a high-grade um, MCL injury. And Corey Oates from the Broncos is out for six to eight weeks after getting a displaced fracture of the jaw. So um, Nelson and Corey, I think the Broncos will be fine without Corey. Mm. But um, Nelson's always a massive loss regardless of um, what team he's in. Um, the Storm, you know, they've already got some big names out. So adding Nelson to it's um, not ideal for them. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think Broncos will cope. Uh, they're just going to – I believe they've brought in Jesse Arthurs. We, we know a bit about him. Uh, yeah. I think he's more than an able replacement. But you're right. Nelson. Nelson's a bit of salt and so the wound for um, for the Storm uh, – just coming off a, a big loss to the dogs too, but yeah, they're already missing a, a lot of cattle. So um, mm. I, I, I'm interested to see how the storm will cope um, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it will be interesting. Um, so that was all the injuries. There were a few other little niggles, but I decided to go for the big dogs for it. Um, so we'll go into Naughty Boy Corner. Quite a few this week. Um, so as I did last week, I, I'm not doing the fines anymore because otherwise we'll be here all night. Yeah. Um, but you know, I see Casey said he feels like 360 show. There's a mirror in the background that Braith and Esther keeps looking at. <laughs> would would not surprise me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Naughty Boy Corner joining um, all his players that are out injured. Um, Jacob Safiti from the Knights is going to miss five matches after taking an early guilty plea for his grade three high tackle on Jake Simpkin. Your thoughts, Richie? I know we've talked about this a bit um, tip, prior to the show during the weekend. <laughs> Good tackle. Good tackle. What did you um, think? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, was high. It was high. And it, it had it had significant uh impact on poor Jake Simpkin. He was he was left prone on the ground for a period of time. So jokes aside, yeah, not a good tackle. He's it's yeah, he's, there was no malice in it, so I, I feel like it should have probably been a grade two. Like grade two, three weeks. I feel like grade three is like blatant. It's, it's a Brad grade two. Yeah. 
yeah, it's a brand grade two, so it's yeah, yeah. probably a grade three. But <laughs> I, I, there wasn't that much in it. Anyway, Jake Simpkins just a little guy, you know. He got it slightly wrong, didn't he? Just he did. to adjust his height by about half a person, he would have been good. Yeah, which in fairness, um, Felice Cafusi um, from the Dolphins, he kind of was the king of doing that with the Storm. But this yeah. year, he's got his aiming a bit better and he's just been killing people left, right and centre with all legal tackles. Mm. Um, so that Safiti will just... Um, but yeah, like Jacko said rightly, um, getting away from my gimmick, um, with the current concussion situation, high shots, um, suspensions need to be severe. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, getting away from Flag Life Brad and being real for a second, that, yeah, it's the only way you're going to try to stamp it out is by, you know, you know that you really got your, get your aiming right, otherwise you can miss five to six weeks potentially, um, yeah. which no one wants. So um, we'll go on. The Cowboys uh, tried to help the Warriors out this week, Richie. Scott yeah. Drinkwater is missing three weeks for a grade three shoulder charge, and Peter Hicku is missing two weeks for a grade two crusher tackle. Um, I think the crusher tackle one was a bit unfair. It's always crusher tackles. It's it's always tricky, Richie. Um, oh, I don't know. It looked pretty crusher to me. It was a crusher tackle, but do you think he did it on purpose? Maybe not on purpose. It's, it, as I'm a try, high, I'm trying to defend him. As a high tackle, accidental high tackle, not a high tackle. Still, who are you talking to, man? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just no, think, no, I don't think Peter Hicku had his finest outing on the weekend. I think he had a couple of couple of penalties for crushes and wasn't yeah. wasn't you know didn't have his best game defensively. And, and Scotty Drinkwater's one. I don't think he probably meant to shoulder charge him there, but again, he's just got it wrong. And I think yeah. what you brought up about Kafusi is a great example of how you can still be aggressive and have impact, but just he he's been aiming at the hips and abdomen and still snapping blokes. So uh, yeah, I think that's where the game wants wants these people to get to. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, the moment you're not wrapping your arm, you know, yeah, you're in trouble. So that's the rule. Um, but yeah, dolphins um, might get a bit of a hiccup this week. I got you something go. like rugby for about five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the Dolphins may get some speed wobbles because um, they've lost Jerry Marshall King for two weeks. He had a grade two dangerous contact charge. Uh, I think he's been great for them. We, we you know, they're, they're doing well so far, and I think he's, he's kind been of been key. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, without him at hooker. Does it change the overall complex uh, complexity of how the Dolphins play? I'm not sure. But, um, yeah. Unfortunately for him, he's got two weeks on the sidelines. Um, and then it's not a segment if we don't talk about the Tigers again. So um, Isaiah Papali'i um, from the Tigers, he's missing one week for a grade two dangerous contact charge. Um, so, yeah. And, yeah, and Jacko said Nicarima replaces Marshall King. That's what I mean. It's going to be a struggle. So tip um, against the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, as I said, there were plenty of fines. So we're not going through them, but there is one I want to mention to you, Richie, and that's the $3,000 fine Joseph Sawali'i got for his grade one dangerous contact to the back of CNK. So I felt like that was, out of all the things we just talked about, I felt that was the worst. Maybe biased as a Warriors fan, but I feel like a, 
uh, shoulder into the back of a player without the ball is just mm. um, it's something I would do, pretty much, Richie. Yeah, um, it's grubby. a grubby, dirty move. Um, yeah. And I feel if it was the other way, if it was C and K doing that to Joseph Sawali, we'd be talking about Chan's, you know, having three or four weeks on the sidelines. Um, I know Sawali hasn't got that much of a bad track record, so that probably went in his favour. But I thought at least a week, and that that's coming from me. Yeah, you kind of stole my thunder, but I was going to say too that the three thousand dollar fine would have been a suspension if it was a Warriors not, player. If it wasn't a, right. a star star player from a Roosters team, yeah, I shouldn't just throw it at the Warriors. I feel like yeah, if that was say Hudson Young from the Raiders, since Simon's listening, Hudson Young would be spending. Oh, he admittedly has a bad track record though, so yeah. maybe not the best example. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah. That's really all I had. Do you have anything else you want to add about Naughty Boys before we go into the round two? No, not really, mate. Just just get it right, boys. Yeah. Take Kafusi's lead. Exactly. So um, you may have got our little rambles last week. Paul would have missed it because he decided not to show up. But um, we, <laughs> but we're, we're going to try to change something up. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I'm older now, you know um we're changing up how we do the reviews a bit rather than going on forever i know paul paul likes to try to make the show a bit quicker so we're basically doing a thing where we've picked um a point each about the game about each team and we'll um we'll just do that and we've also got a player for the game so um we'll start off with thursday's panthers rabbitos if you want to give us the rundown mm-hmm. of the scores richie yeah so it was panthers getting their first one of the year 16 to 10 over the rabbits uh, it was three tries to two in the Panthers' favour. Stephen Crichton, Isaac Tungo, and Brian Tall with the three tries for the Panthers. Uh, AJ Alex Johnston with a, with a try for the Rabbitohs. And Isaiah Tass, they were the two yeah. tries for the Rabbits. So that was the scoring. Um, Brad, how did you see the game? Yeah, so um, we may as well go with the winners first, the Panthers. So um, I thought the Panthers weren't as convincing as we used to. Um, we kind of talked about that with um, some of the key players leaving for other clubs, but um, I thought they had a, a solid start um, with some strong efforts from the forward pack. And um, basically uh, the game was still in the balance, but they were able to rely on their heavy defense, which has been a thing of the Panthers um, since they started this, you know, domination of the NRL and um, they were able to have, hold the rabbits out towards the end. But um yeah, I thought it was a, a gritty win, which we're not really used to seeing from the Panthers. What did you mm-hmm. think of the Panthers? Um, sorry, yeah, sorry. I, I thought this was like one point from each of you about the team, right? He's just gone. <laughs> um, they're not as convincing as usual. The forward pack wasn't that that's, great. Um, this that's all my one wrong. point. They nearly held it out. And um, uh, and, and something. that's like five or six points. That's Jeez, my one point. Encapsulating. Oh, I'll do my, my point. Of, I'll do my best to be concise, Paul. <laughs> I thought the Panthers. I'm did, trying. Did, I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that is a, that is a pretty short point for Brad. To be fair, um, I thought the Panthers just did what they needed to do to get the win. Um, bit of scrutiny over the, their past couple of games, but um, good power game through the middle, and I think the halves outdid their opposing halves from the Rabbitohs. So um, that's what got them their win. 
Yeah, now losing team, we'll, we'll see if I can do this better to appease Paul. Um, the Rabbitohs, um, they could have got the job done, but they let themselves down with poor ball handling. Once again, making 13 errors. And that's my yeah. point for the Rabbitohs. Very Just well one point. <laughs> I thought um, Cody and Luttrell are yet to really command a game after two rounds so far. So yeah. <laughs> finding their rhythm is going to be important if the Rabbits want to finish top four. Yeah, definitely. And um, who was your player that stood out in the game for you? Uh, I took Cleary. I, he, he had a bit of a injury during the game, but he, yeah, very, very um, typical pick, isn't it? Um, but he did. He, he, played, he played well. He, you know, controlled the game well. A good kicking game, so it's hard to look past him. He's been rubbish. He's been ruining my fantasy team. <laughs> um, my player to stand out was um, Isaiah Yao. Um, I think, as you said, the the forwards led the way, and I think um, he was. I think he led the forwards in running meters. Um, thought he was stand out, but you always expect that. Mm. Um, so there, there you go, Paul. That was quick. Friday's first game. Um, Sharks beating the Eels. You want to run down the score again? Yeah, you bet. And a lot of scoring. It was a great game. Um, Sharks got the win, thirty to twenty six. It was five tries apiece for the Eels. Regan Campbell Gillard, Mike Sevo grabs a double, and Mitch Moses grabs a double. For the Sharks, Brighton Nakora, Will Kennedy with a hat-trick, and Ronaldo Molotalo. So um, goal-kicking was a different spread. Yeah, Molotalo finally helping me out with my leading try score. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so what's your, your point that you had for the Sharks? Um, I just thought that, obviously it was an entertaining game from both sides, but um, I thought... I thought Trindle's done a pretty good job in Hines' absence. Um, he laid on he laid on a couple of tries, a couple of tries assists, and five from five off the boot, which was a difference in the game. So, um, given that I was picking the Eels in this one due to no Hines, I think he's done a pretty good job filling in. Yeah, mine's kind of going on the Hines train as well. I said um, the Sharks they're still struggling without Hines, but they showed um, more of what we came to expect from them last year, and. Um, yeah, I expect them to go up another level when he returns, um, as my predictions have already said. Um, but, yeah, your thoughts on the Eels before we move on? Um, I just wanted to single out, so this will transition into my um, player that stood out. I just wanted to talk about Jermaine Hopgood's form so far to start the year. I think he's been a, he's been outstanding to start the year, and he's got a big motor, making bucket loads of tackles and good on the ball as well, so... Um, I think he's he's been a good find for the Eels so far this year. And um, so obviously that's my player who stood out as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's been keeping my fantasy team alive. And he was close to being my um, player that stood out. But yeah, for the Eels, um, they stayed in the fight, but they just lacked the polish. Needed to secure the win against these top-tier sides, mm. um, which we kind of saw last year, and I think they'll get better. Um, but my player that stood out, I had to go with the hat-trick man of um, Will, Will Kennedy. Um, Fair enough. Just thought, yeah, without Hines there, they needed someone with a bit of X factor, and he kind of added it. Um, but yeah, um, solid there for the Sharks. So uh, the last game on Friday, Broncos Cowboys. They won twenty eight sixteen. You want to bring down the scores? They did indeed. Queensland Derby, um, five tries to two. Kurt Capewell, Ezra Mam, Katoni Staggs, Ezra Mam again, and our favourite Reese Walsh rounded out the five tries for the Broncos. Two tries for the Cowboys, both to Jeremiah and I, who typically finds the line. That's, that was the scoring, Brad. 
Yep. So um, my note for the Broncos, um, despite the scoreline, it was actually quite a tight tussle. Um, but I think the Broncos got the edge and the win here due to the X Factor department, um, which will probably be a bit of a spoiler for my player of the game. Mm. Um, but yeah, your point on the Broncos? Yeah, we're thinking along the same lines, mate. I said the Broncos looked to have a real X Factor with Reese Walsh on the side, um, his combination with, with Ezra Mam in particular, and the way Reese Walsh was able to create space for his outsides um, could make the Broncos a real problem for the other sides in the competition if they can find this kind of form week in, week out. Yeah, definitely. And um, my note for the uh, Cowboys is just a tough loss, um, but it was hard to fault the effort. I just think they were um, beaten by a better side and that simbinning didn't help their cause towards the end. Mm. Um, well, not towards the end, in the, the middle of the half. Um, mm. Yeah, your take on the, the Cowboys? Uh, I just noted down that the Cowboys second week in a row now have, have started well and then faded. So um, they want to fix that and not let that become a um, issue a la the Canberra Raiders from a couple of years ago. Uh, so yeah. we, we want them to fix it in a fortnight, Richie. Yeah, not this weekend. Definitely not this weekend. Um, yeah, so my player that stood out was Reese Walsh. Um, I know there's been a lot of stuff thrown his way by Warriors fans after this game. Um, and I've said it before, I still believe that there's more bad than good with Reese. But this is what happens when you see the good, what he did mm-hmm. in this game. Um, we saw it with the Warriors. He, he, he tricked me with this and then the inconsistencies came in. So I'm sure the Broncos fans are going to be really hopeful that being back in Brisbane, being happy where he is, will make those consistencies, um, inconsistencies go away. But if he can do that, you know, the sky's the limit for this guy. Um, and he was just lucky they didn't have a lot of people targeting him in defense in this game, which I thought was crazy <laughs> from the Cowboys not to do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He was fantastic. I, I, I knew you were going to pick Reese Walsh, so... I put Ezra Mam. I think yep. equally as dangerous. Uh, he, yeah. He's he's finding the try line. He's he just looks electric out there, and he's still a very young man as well. So, you know, if they can keep the bulk of the spine together, I know uh, Adam Reynolds is getting a bit long in the tooth, but gee, Ezra Mam and Reese Walsh, if they can stick around for the Broncos, future looks bright. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next game, um, Roosters beating the Warriors 2012. Uh, what's the rundown? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, was three tries to two for the Roosters, Jackson Polo with a double and Sam Walker. Two tries for us, uh, Wade Egan and Adam Fenor-Blake, both cracking tries. Wish there was more of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll go with the Roosters. Um, they started quick and um, they did more than enough to hold the Warriors out. But they did have a lot more opportunities where they could have put this away. And um, they just didn't nail those final passes. Um, if those click, this team's going to be really dangerous, um, mm. which is kind of what we were saying in our preseason predictions anyway, Richie. Um, yeah. What was your take on the Roosters here? Uh, I thought they did well without setting the world on fire. Um, they managed to get the win without some big names. Uh, Jared Wadia Hargraves, Matt Lodge. Crichton, Tupanua, they're missing a lot of cattle when you yep. look at the names written down on paper. So uh, still still get a, get a win. Uh, it's, it's well done to them. Yeah, and um, the Warriors have got that. They face a lot of adversity in this match. Injuries, hot weather, 
and they still had a decent shot of winning the game, but they let themselves down with schoolboy errors. Um, mm. I think in my review, um, I talked about the uh, the main one that I was really irate about was the play the ball deep in the um, Roosters' half where there was no um, no one to pass the ball. Mm. Should, just shouldn't happen. Um, but what about you with the Warriors? Uh, I thought they were resilient again, and that's one thing I've really liked the look of so far this year. I thought our yep. discipline was an issue and let us down. Um, we gave away far too many set restarts and silly penalties like escort penalties, and that, that sort of ensured the Roosters enjoyed the lion's share of the ball, particularly in the first half. Um, but I, I thought we did well to not let it blow out given the amount of ball we, we let the Roosters have. Definitely. Um, and my player of the game was Joseph Sawali'i. He was just everywhere. Um, I know I just had a go at him about his, his dog shot, but apart from that, um, he was, uh, especially towards the end of that game when it was just too hot for everybody, he was breaking the line at will. Um, maybe needs to work a little bit on his um, distributing after the fact. There was a few times where he left Tedesco hanging. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just, you know, he's another one of those guys thrown in the Walsh category of these young guys that have just got all the talent. Mm. Um, yeah, dangerous player. But who was your player to stand out? Nice to see him get a spray from his own teammates too after leaving Tedesco high and dry um, yeah. and not setting him up. But uh, I picked Torhu Harris. Um, mm. Second week in a row, I think he's leading from the front and just getting through a mountain of work and – He's, I think he's taking it upon himself. Um, he's looking better in the captaincy role and, and just leading by example. Yeah, nice. And uh, next game is the one Simon has been waiting for. Uh, Dolphins defeating the Raiders 20-14. to 14. Uh, You want to give us our scores, Richie? For sure. So it was three tries to two in the Dolphins' favour. The Hammer, Hammerso Tapiwa Fado grabbing two. Tom Gilbert grabbing one. Uh, two tries for the Raiders, Jackie Wyden and Nick Kotrick. Yep, and uh, your thoughts on the Dolphins? On the Dolphins, I'm happy for the Dolphins. I think they've done a brilliant job so far in the first in the first couple of weeks. I still think the real test will be their depth. Uh, if they end up, if when they end Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Picking up a few injuries along the way, which it's a long NRL season. You inevitably will, as well as suspensions, as we've seen with um, Marshall King. So 
I'm interested to see how they fare when their depth is tested because um, yeah. I don't think they've got as much depth as some of the other bigger sides around. Yeah, and um, like Simon's mentioned that the bunker let Ricky and the Raiders um, down. Um, I would, yeah, you could argue that, but um, my point that I've got here is, um, yeah, kind of goes with that because the Dolphins basically lost every stat, um, you know, position, everything. Um, but they do have a great mix of experienced forwards and electric backs that I was laughing about before the season started. Um, it does make them a dangerous team. Um, and I think I did write them off too early. That's the Raiders? Uh, no, that was the Dolphins. The Dolphins, right. Uh, you want me yeah. to... Now you let me know about I'll give your you Raiders. some on the Raiders. Yeah, I thought maybe just lacking lacking the execution on you. It was, I know it was a, not ideal conditions, obviously. I thought Tapani uh, still picked up a lot of meters, but they're maybe just lacking a bit of punch that that we've seen from the Raiders of the past. In the past, you know, the, with their um, big puppy and, and and some of their big forwards, they really dominate the forwards. So I'm a bit worried for the Raiders when you when you start looking at their draw. Um, it's real danger they could end up being one or, or none from. You know, four, five, maybe even six games. So yeah. it's already starting to fall a bit behind the eight ball. Yeah, and um, Simon uh, or Jacko said the Raiders look stale, and Simon said the Raiders need to learn how to play both halves because yeah, it was another fader moment. Yeah. But I actually came out of this a bit more positive than you guys. I thought this was the best the Raiders have looked this year. They've looked rubbish preseason round one. They looked horrible, um, but their discipline let them down. The Hammers scored um, the match winner not long after Hudson Young was sent to the bin. Um, and yet, not a great week for, for Sticky. But I think if the Raiders can use this as a platform of, you know, trying to grind it out, remember that there's a second half of footy and um, play in that one as well. Um, they might end up in the winner's circle more often than not. But yeah, yeah. A, a lot of work for them to do. Um, but who was your player that stood out? I actually put the young man, Isaiah Katoa, not that I thought he dominated the whole game or anything like that, but he's just such a young guy and he showed real class and maturity in the moment where his team needed him. And I think O'Sullivan got sin-binned a little bit ridiculously, in my opinion. But And then Isaiah Katoa lays on the game winner on a plate for the hammer with a beautiful... Play, taking it to the line, double pump, out the back to his fullback in a massive hole, and just as cool as any NRL veteran, like a la, a la Nathan Cleary type of play, you know. Um, yeah, really impressive from such a young guy. Yeah, he he. There were question marks about if he was ready for first grade. I think he's showing that he is. So um, hopefully that continues um, for him. But mine was the hammer. Um, just he was another guy, a bit like Katoa, when they announced the signing to the Dolphins, they're like, oh, you know, they they got glimpses, but are they ready for regular first grade and being like the guy? And I think Ham is kind of showing since he joined the Dolphins that he is a guy they can depend on and um, was dangerous again out the back. So, um, yeah, he was my guy to go with. You know, I'll never give it to a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So next game on Saturday, uh, 
Bulldogs beating the the Storm twenty six twelve. What's our rundown? Yep, didn't pick it, but no, big, we didn't big pick the, anything, mate. Big win for the doggies, twenty six to twelve. It was five tries to two. Big Nelson and Jerome Hughes for the Storm. Um, five for the Bulldogs. Jacob Preston, who I thought had a pretty decent game. Um, Carras with a double and Ed Carr and Jake Avarillo with the other try scores for the Dogs. So pretty impressive yeah. from the Doggies. Yeah, my note on the Bulldogs is this is the Bulldogs I was expecting to see this year. Um, the pack looked cohesive. Reed Marnie was dangerous around the ruck and that back line's just full of threats. Um, scary looking team when everything lines up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought they did a good job to expose the Storm, who are still without some big names. Um, they looked far more dangerous this week. The outsides, um, the Fox, Carraz, um, they put it all together nicely. I thought it was pretty polished performance from the Dogs. Yeah, and then my Storm, I got the Storm performance may have beaten a lot of other sides um, in this, this round if they played any other team. It just wasn't to be, um, despite not having Munster, though, the Storm still looked dangerous, but they just couldn't convert their chances into points. Yeah, I'll agree with that. They not converting their chance into points for that reason. I, I, I put that they were very un Melbourne like in this performance, yeah. particularly at home. You don't often see the Melbourne Storm trailing by what what was it? Sixteen nil at half time and twenty six nil I think not long after half time in Melbourne. So I, I think Bellamy will give them a massive spray and then they'll bounce back strong. Yeah, my um, player that stood out is from the losing side. It was um, Alisa Katoa. Um, He's good, yeah. Yeah, he. I think he ran for 160 metres. He had like three line breaks. Um, he's he's always been good at running his channel, and mm. um, that was when he was most dangerous, and he seems to have just fallen back into that routine. And the Storm just loves setting him up at the moment, so hopefully that continues for him. But uh, who was your player? I put Jakey Carras, uh thought he yeah couple couple of meat pies and he just looked dangerous all night. You could have picked a number of dogs players, but I, yeah. I really liked what I saw at him. Yeah, definitely. And then Sunday, the games that no one watched. Um <laughs> the Knights defeated the Tigers 14-12. Um what's the rundown and then your thoughts on the Knights? 14-12 in a spiteful game. A lot of spice in this one. Uh, three tries to two. For the Knights, two to Dom Young, one to Lachlan Fitzgibbon, two tries for the Tigers, uh, Asukapoa and Ukwitamanu were the try scorers for the Tigers. What do you, what do you think, Brad? Um, yeah, losing Ponga in the opening minute um, could have killed the Knights off in this one, but they gritted their teeth and just focused on the basics um, with a little bit of heavy leaning on Dominic Young. Um so, yeah, uh, nothing that's going to blow you out of the world, Richie, but it got yeah. the job done. Yeah. Okay, so I thought it was pretty brave from the Knights, uh, losing two of their best players early in the match. Um, the defence the defense stayed, stayed strong even when they were down on troops through injury and losing players to the bin for periods of the game. So, yeah, um, I just thought it was a pretty brave effort. Yeah, and then for the Tigers, I've just got... They're still struggling despite the new additions. Same Tiger issues, poor handling and defensive reads let them down. Um, I think they are still going to improve, just not as quick as I thought they would. Um, you know, I've picked them two weeks in a row, um, which kind of explains all my picking right now. But yeah, mm. what was your thoughts on the Tigers? I think they still look 
like a, like they're playing like a busted teammate. Um, they had moments where they were they had man advantage and their attack still looked diabolical. Um, yeah, they've had a lot of changes to the coaching staff and and obviously playing roster as well. So it might take them some time, but yeah, Luke Luke Brooks as well still looks a little bit uh, MIA. Yeah, uh, you know he should be commanding this team around a lot more for a guy that's been around for bringing around that team for a number of years now. Definitely, and yeah, Jacko said the Tigers are looking like back-to-back winners of the Spoon. Um, yeah, I really thought they didn't have a shot of being the Spoon this year, but I think, yeah, I haven't seen enough from them yet. I'm hoping they bounce back. But um, my player that stood out was Dominic Young. You know, he got his double, he got a Simbin. You know, he was kind of, he ticked all the boxes for Brad. Um, but, yeah, he's at least, um, I think the reason I've picked him is he's still given it a go, even though he's signed you know, a four or five million a year deal with the Roosters. Um, you know, he's still going to give everything he can for the Knights. But um, who was your player? I picked up Tyson Gamble. I thought you he was bloody house, man. I know. But he was sound. i got to give it to him. Yeah. You know, Ponga was gone from pretty much first few minutes of the game. So I thought Tyson Gamble stepped up pretty well and laid on a few tries and Played on an awesome spray to the Tigers. You know, he's got that aggression yeah. and fires and really gave it to poor old Dewey. So, yeah, um, yeah, I thought I thought he was pretty impressive. Yeah, and um, Kaiser said uh, Tigers are proof coaching matters. Isaiah Papali'i looks bad too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if Sheens has got what, he, what it takes anymore, but we're going to see if Benji, when Benji takes over, if it's going to bring them up or not uh, time's going to tell there but that brings us to the last game uh we don't really have to talk about it richie but the dragons defeat yeah, the titans 32 18 <laughs> um you want to give me a rundown of this abomination of a game you bet so i think i'm going to make the dragons my second team this year um <laughs> just to spite bread uh the dragons getting the getting the win here 32 to 18 five tries to three for the Dragons, Jacob Little, Ben Hunt, uh, Revelawa, T- Tyrell Sloan, and Blake Laurie getting the tries. Three tries for the Titans, uh, Khan Pereira, Sam Verrills, and Fatsuo Malawi. That, yeah, they were the try scores for the Titans. Go on, Brad. Give, <laughs> as much as it's going to pain you, give us point, yours. <laughs> my point about the Dragons, they started slow, um, but once they started scoring points, they never looked like stopping. Um Ben Hunt is continuing this form from 2022. And if they play like this consistently, then they may avoid the spoon, unfortunately. Mm, very similar to what I thought. I I thought once the Dragons found their groove, they looked really decent. Definitely better than what I imagined they would. Um, and if Ben Hunt can keep going and do similar to what he did last year, which on, on evidence of this game could well do, I think your spoon prediction is going to be blown out of the water, mate. Okay. Mate, it's the Titans are playing. I don't think they. I don't. Yeah, I don't think beat the Panthers, mate. You know, I don't think they're going to get anywhere near the eight. But you know, they 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 might end up. They're going to be humbled this week. Not near the spoon, I don't think. They're going to be humbled this week. You watch. Um, (laughs) My my point about the Titans, they had a good start, um, but they lack creativity and direction. Um, Kieran Foran was brought in to fix this. That was an issue they had last year. And it's just not really working right now. He needs to step up, but he does need help from the rest of the squad. 
You know, he, he's too old to do it on his own. Um, but yeah, that's all I really have for them. What, what about you? Um, I just thought it was the Titans back to the Titans we've become accustomed to. Good start, followed by poor defense and leaked five tries in the last 50 minutes. Game yeah. done. Can't win games with defense like that. Yeah, and uh, my player that stood out, I went for Tyrell Sloan. Um, thought he looked really good, uh, electric. Um, there's been a lot talked in the media about him. You know, there was that the footage of him crying after a loss in the Charity Shield. Yeah, and that he uh, he's an emotional guy, and um, you know, at times it looks like he's got the the weight of the world on his shoulders. But um, when he gets out of his own head, um, he's a fantastic player. Um, I except he's a dragon. Yeah, he did. He did. He had a great game. I kind of want to change my pick now. Brad called me up last game. We're only picking halves. Why? Uh, who did you pick? Ben Hunt. You picked Ben Hunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ben Hunt's always going to be probably the one to pick if you're picking a dragon, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he had a good outing, as he, as he normally does. Yeah. All right. So that's the round. Um, so I don't want to do it, but Paul, do you want to bring out the picks? Nice. So um, Simon was the, the best of a bad bunch. <laughs> Simon got three out of eight, um, and then Richie and I both got two out of eight. So shocking week for all of us, but it means that Simon's still ahead. Um, after two rounds, he's got nine out of 16. I'm second on seven out of 16, and Richie's trailing behind five out of 16. Terrible. So um, if you're using us as um, advice for the TAB, stop. Um, I don't want that on my conscience. <laughs> it's, yeah, not a good look by us. And um, hopefully we bounce back this week, Richie. Hopefully. I don't know if I can take it anymore. Um, uh, and then now before we move on, uh, ladder, if you've got it there. Nice. Uh, a ladder I probably didn't expect to see at this time of the year, Richie, it's fair to say. But um, Manly uh, leading at the, the top. Um, Dolphins, Dragons at third. Uh, Broncos fourth, Penrith fifth, Rabbitohs sixth, Warriors seventh, Roosters eighth, and then we've got the uh, the Gold Coast ninth, Cronulla tenth, Knights eleventh, Melbourne twelfth, Bulldogs thirteenth, Cowboys fourteenth, and then the Raiders, Eels, and Tigers fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth, all with no points so far. Um, what's your take on the ladder while I write down Simon's picks? Still too early to put any stock into what we're seeing, mate. It's yeah, um, yeah, a lot will change, obviously, but it's just cool to see the Dolphins up up in number two spot. I don't, I don't think they're going to last there, but um, very good for the for the new franchise to, uh, you know, get get their fans on board with a couple of good wins start the start the season. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, what you, what, you, what you mean that the table means nothing? Jeez, jeez. This is a 20-something week competition, Paul. This, yeah. This is going to change. And, um, Simon, you've missed a game. If you can give me who you're picking between the Bulldogs-Tigers, um, you've missed that one out. Um, but, yeah, we'll go into questions. Um, did you have any questions there, Paul, before I jump onto the ones we've got written here? Um. I guess uh, my question for you guys, uh, we've obviously uh, been shocked by um, the uh, the Dolphins' fantastic start to the season. Um, and uh, as Nigel says, fins up. Um, and uh, with uh, with them taking on um, the uh, the Knights 
this coming weekend they could be um three and oh so yeah. uh, will the um will the dolphins finish ahead of the warriors that's my question to you guys a resounding no from me <laughs> oh, very biased but i think once they start getting some injuries we'll we'll see the honeymoon period finish i'll go the other way i'm going to say yes i think they oh, are going to red <laughs> the sun's shining on the dolphins i don't think they're going to get these injuries that we're all anticipating they're going to go injury free and they'll they'll be like one ahead of the warriors um unfortunately move the sunshine coast yeah um <laughs> Uh, look, I think we've dealt with all the uh, questions in the chat as we've uh, as we've gone through the gone through the show. Cool. So um, before we go on to our ones, Richie, um, I had a question from Andrew. Um, he's the editor and a writer for Nothing But League, a website yep. that I have written for in the past. Um, unfortunately, not writing for them this year um, due to other commitments. But he has asked. Um, Peter Vlandis has put a support behind a Pacific PNG expansion team. Do you think it's a good idea or will it be a logistical nightmare? And how big a drain will Pacific players returning home have on the current NRL clubs? So we did kind of cover it a little bit um, earlier, but what do you reckon? Um, do you think it's a good idea? Is it going to be a nightmare? And will a lot of the Pacific players leave their clubs to go to this new startup? I think it could be a good idea. It could could go the other way and be a terrible idea. It depends on how they execute it. Um, I think if it's based in Cairns, it's not giving it its best opportunity to flourish. Um, I, don't, I don't think it'll have any resounding effect on all the other clubs. There's, there's so many great Pacific Island players littered throughout the whole NRL and the grades below. So I don't think finding players is going to be an issue. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think you're going to see like Jason Tomololo, Adam Van no. Black, Nelson Asafa Solomona, um, Jerome Luai all ditch their teams and go to the, this new one. I still, I like the idea of a team like that, but I still think it should be a PNG team, like a solely Papua New Guinean team. Um, mm. That's what I would do. Logistic nightmare. I think it's going to be a logistic nightmare in terms of trying to take teams like games to PNG, to Tonga, to Samoa, doing all those um, type of things. How we can't even get them to come to New Zealand, um, you know, like give games to New Zealand right now. I think if you did it with PNG though, and you had your games in PNG, maybe you did still have it in Kins. I, I think it's close to PNG. I don't know my geography that well. Flying wise, it's at the top there. So um, yeah, that's what I would do. I would just have PNG as that non-Australian new team that comes in, mm. um, but that's just me. Depends. Uh, yeah, the... and S Simon's actually commented something that I said before we got on the show um, that Port Moresby is not a safe place. Yeah, it's um, you go and listen to interviews with former players about tours to Papua New Guinea and how scary it was playing in Port Moresby, and um, mm. Darwin's the closest city to PNG. Yeah, mm. um, but Darwin, I don't know if they will have enough of um, people for the stadium if the 10 people that live in Darwin show up. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we really answered your, your question that well, Andrew. Um, yeah, I would like a PNG. I'd go away from Pacifica and make it PNG. 
but Darwin has got the, uh, the the greatest festival of all um, of any, which is the uh, the beer can um, regatta, where you make your boats out of beer cans and then race them um, on the sea. So uh, you got to say that I mean, Darwin has got one good event a year at least. That's good. Sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, so I'll go with my question to you first. Yeah. Um, uh, Simon said the Pacific Island thing based in Honolulu. I I wouldn't mind that. Go to a Go to Hawaii to watch the Warriors play, Richie. Um, they might get confused. Well, the um, University of Hawaii's football team's called the Warriors as well. If they invest some money to get their stadiums up to scratch, I think there's a thirst in the Pacific. Look at the Fiji Drua versus Crusaders game in Super Rugby on the weekend, and they pack up the stadium and mm. really loud vocal fans too. It's like a festival kind of atmosphere. So, oh, no, yeah. it just depends. Yeah. Yeah, so my question to you, though, was uh, Kalen Ponga had another big head knock and another failed HIA. Do you think he can fight through this, or is he set for an early retirement? He could well be. Um, they've moved him up into the front line, number six, too, which exposes him to danger even more. Um, I, he'll obviously try and come back and... and come back and play this year, but you got to think if he has too many more in, in quick succession, you, you can't just keep taking that kind of punishment. So um, he might have to start thinking about making a tough call down the road if, if he keeps getting exposed to them. But um, hopefully we don't have to worry about that any time in the near, near future because uh, he's still got a lot to give. It's just he's got to get his tackling technique right and – Try and do him, try and do his best to keep himself out of harm's way. Yeah, going head first into tackles is not a great idea when you're no, on it. and that's just the kind of player he is. Even when he played us in week one, he rushed out of the line at Adam Fenua Blake and was yeah, but, promptly bumped, promptly bumped off. But um, yeah, <laughs> he's got to realise how big he is and, and sort of adjust his technique. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm not. I think he could be up for an early retirement. I don't want that. Um, I um yeah I don't want to see that happen because he's a hell of a talent. Um, they're just gonna the knights you know the knights haven't helped him. They want him at six, but mm. you got him in a place where he's getting run at by all the big boys. They might have mm. to do a Benji Marshall and kind of like hide. send him out to the sidelines and hide him. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's again it's that type of player he is. Like you said, running head head first into danger. Um, it's is he going to try to go to the sidelines to stay away? And uh, Nigel said player welfare is paramount. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it's, if it's get to a point where he's doing it every week, you know, you're going to have to talk to him and say that you can't, you can't do this anymore. Maybe we're two, two bits of headgear or something. I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> need something, but yeah, hopefully they work something out. I think just putting him out on the edge defensively will solve a lot of their problems. He'll stop having, you know, 120 kilo guys running over the top of him and him trying to hit them like he's 120 kilos. Mm. Um, a way to do it. And um, I saw Jacko said Ponga was an elite level golfer as a kid. Medically retiring, he'd get a huge payout and could easily try something else. Yeah, go, go be a golfer and earn lots of money. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's in him. I think he wants to, to keep going. But um, your question for me, Richie. Um, I just wondered what traits have impressed you so 
so far from the Warriors and, and Webster's era so far? And what what is our biggest work on still, in your opinion? Ooh, um, I've talked about it a bit in both my reviews um, so far. The resiliency. Um, the team looks uh, like they're actually trying, which might sound a bit facetious for how they've been the last few years. But we talked about it in our reviews before where it just looks like they, they give up. And that game against um, the Roosters was the perfect time to throw in the towel. You know, it was hot as buggery. Mm. Um, they had injuries. It was the perfect time to just go, oh, well, got a loss this week boys let's just get out of here um but no they still were going tooth and nail just trying to you know keep up and stay up so it's the heart i guess more than resiliency it's kind of a bit of both um what they need to work on um everything else (laughs) (laughs) no um i think the kicking game still needs work and i know a lot of people have been firing shots across the bow at sean johnson one thing I've noticed is that the kicking game plan has been the same each week. So I don't know if it's more a Sean thing or more a, a coach thing where they don't want big kicks. They're wanting like high kicks and close, mm. which isn't working. Um, might work this week when we talk about our preview because they don't have an experienced fullback there. But um, yeah, the kicking game, I think. Um, the attack has looked a bit stunted, but I think they started to look like it was linked together. That try weight Egan got in the weekend. Um, from Tamara to Sean back to Egan just looked great. So mm. there are things there. Um, I still said I saw them at 10th in our preview of the year. I still want to see that. But if they can hang in games like they're showing, you know, they might get a couple, you know. Um, a few errors go the other way and they win that game against the Roosters. And then, you know, then there another, um, yeah, and uh, Jacko said that Tony Kemp said it wasn't the kicking game at fault, it's the follow-up of slow pressure. Yeah, so that's, they're, they're not kicking deep, but then, yeah, the chasers aren't getting there either. Mm. And um, Nigel said they need to stop relying on SJ to kick all the time. Yeah, I think Tamari Martin needs to have a bit more input in it because if Sean's doing all the kicking, the, kick, uh, the defenders know who to go at on last yeah. tackle, don't they? So... Yeah, open that up a bit. Um, a whole lot of the, the – all the facets of the kicking game. You know, the actual kick, the chases, who does the kicking. Those three prongs, um, I think it will go a long way. But, um, did you have any thoughts on that? Since you asked the question, I'm sure you had something. Uh, it's much the same as you on what's impressed me, the resili- resiliency, um, working for each other. I think that's the kind of – bare minimum stuff you want from your team, the effort areas. So I love yep. that Webster's got us, made some good gains there for our team. Um, yeah, the work-ons, if I'm going to go off the weekend, just gone, just yep. executing and discipline. You know, our, our discipline was poor, a little bit quick off the line, a lot of six of gains, um, uh, escort penalties. So just execution and I'm sure the combinations will come with time and, and we'll get more fluent in our attack. So, yeah, just those kind of areas. Yeah, and um, before we go into our Warriors round three preview, um, Kaiser's um, said it's something that I actually mentioned in my review. Um, he's really worried about Tohu Harris's minutes, 80 minutes back-to-back. And, um, yeah, I kind of put a bit of a concern in there, saying, like, it's great that he can do it at the moment, but 
you know, he's had troubles with injuries in the past. Playing the way he does, it's a bit like the Ponga situation without the head knocks. You know, you put him out on that field, he's going to do everything he can for you, regardless of how long he's out there for. Um, and he will play himself to death if you ask him to. So there, I think we're going to see him get a little bit less minutes once Jazz is back in the fold. Because I think you'll you'll see times where Tohu can come off and they'll throw Jazz in at lock. Um, that's my thought. It's just kind of getting over the hump until they've got everyone back, maybe. Mm. Um, but yeah, time will tell. Maybe they've just decided he's going to be 80 minutes all the time. But um, you want to get into the preview, Richie? Yep, sure. Yep, so um, if Paul can bring up my pretty little picture I made. Um, I actually checked the spelling this time, so we don't have any players spelt wrong. Um, <laughs> but I'll let you say the Warriors team, and I'll yeah, go with the Cowboys. Absolutely. Um, fullback Tane to a peaky for his debut. Pretty excited about that one. Uh, Ed Cossey and Marcelo Montoya on the wings. Braden Williami and Adam Pompey retain their centre spots. Tamari Martin and Sean Johnson are retained in the halves. Fanua Blake, Wade Egan and Bunty Afoa gets a start at prop this week. Uh, Mitch Barnett and Murata Niakore for the second row. Tohu Harris is captain and lock. Interchange, Dylan Walker, Josh Curran, Bailey Serenin, Tom Ale and Viliami Valier's 18th man. Yep. Um, and yeah, for the Cowboys, we've got Tom Chester at fullback. Um, Kyle Felton, Murray Talangi on the wings, uh, Valentine Hobbs, and um, I always get his name wrong, J- Giamat Shabaski. I apologize, mate. I know you watch. Um, <laughs> I'll get better. Um, Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend in the halves, Jordan McLean, Reese Robson, and Ruben Cotter up front, Cohen Hess and Jeremiah Nanai in the second row, and Jason Thomololo at lock, um, with Jake Granville, Griffin Neem, Jermaine Tanoa Brown, and James Tamo on the bench with Helen Lukey at 18th man. So um, we got a comment from Jazz as well, uh, from Jacko about Jazz, and he was very good in reserve grade last yeah, week. Yeah, he was. He well, is well. named on the extended bench, so there, I think there is a chance that he will make the the game day squad. If it was me, I'd have him in instead of Bailey Serenin. Um, yeah, me too. Um, but that's just personal preference. But how do you see this game going? Uh, I think we're helped by the fact that when we're looking at a team without drink water and also Hiku, so there's a decent amount of shaking up in their in their back line. Um, their forward pack's still great. Uh, still got Tamalolo, Ruben Cotter to get through a lot of work and, and eat a lot of meters. Still got the threat of Jeremiah Nanai. And they keep their halves, so I think they're still going to be dangerous. And it's and it's in Queensland, so yeah, yeah. I, I I get the sinking feeling that we might the Cowboys might get get this one over us. Um, I hope to see a good debut for Tane. I'm I'm super excited to see how he goes. But yeah, so you're picking the Cowboys? I, I am just you trade I think it'll be close. I, I don't think it's going to be a pushover, but. So the good news is for everyone watching and saw what his picking stats were, uh, means the Warriors are going to go for an easy win here. Um, that's, why I, the Cowboys. That's, that's why I picked the Cowboys, man. Um, but yeah, I, I've i actually gone with the Cowboys as well. Um, I think it's going to be a tight game, but I think that Ford pack that they've got is better than the Warriors one. Um, I'm still not sold on Pompey in the centres. 
I hope Tane kills it. You know, he, he looked great in that trial. I got to watch him live in. Um, I'm still a bit worried about his size. He's a little guy, but um, he seems to be tough as nails and he knows how to tackle. Um, Tohu is also his 200th, so I really hope the Warriors team, they've shown, like as we talked about that resilience, they've shown that they're really a team unit now. So I'm hoping that it being his 200th, they really go out there and um, make us wrong yet again in our tips. Yeah, but, um it's, uh, it's the third weekend, and I'm still looking forward to watching Warriors games, which is not something I could say last year. So, um, yeah, hopefully it's a great one. Um, but we may as well go into the rest of the round and our picks, if you've got the other picture I gave you, Paul. Um, so, yeah, first up, we've got Seagulls and Eels. Simon and myself have both gone for the Seagulls. What about you? I went Manly too, I think. We're going to see the Eels go 0-3. Manly look good to start yep. the year, and they're at home. Yeah. Um, and before we go on, Jacko made a comment about Tane saying his only fault seems to be catching bombs under pressure. Yeah, he has had a little bit of an issue by that, but I'm sure um, Chad Townsend's going to be testing them all day, so he'll get some practice. <laughs> um, first game on Friday, we've got Knights-Dolphins. Uh, Simon and myself have both gone with the Dolphins here. Um, I probably would have gone Knights if Ponga was still there. Um, but yeah, without Ponga, I think Dolphins will still still get the job done. Yeah, no Ponga, no Braley, two of the night's best. So, fins yeah. up, Let's yeah. go Dolphins. Uh, next, uh, last game on Friday, probably probably the game of the round to be honest. Roosters Rabbits. Um, Simon and myself have both gone with the Rabbits. Um, what say you? What do you reckon? I'll go Roosters. Would be different from you two then. Yeah, that's done you so well so far, mate. It's going to be close, though. It could go either way, that one. Yeah, it really could. Um, then first game on Saturday, we have Titans Storm. Um, I've gone with the Storm, and Simon's gone with the Titans. I know the Storm are missing a lot of players, but it's the Titans. Let's be, let's be real. I went Storm too, just out of sheer habit. But, yeah, the amount of players the Storm are missing, it's, it's not out of the realms of possibility for the Titans. Definitely. Um, then we've done the Cowboys Warriors. We both picked Cowboys. Simon picked the Cowboys as well. Uh, next game, Broncos Dragons. Um, Simon's gone with the Broncos, and yeah, I've gone with the Broncos. If I could pick them twice, I would. Um, <laughs> I think they're yeah, it should be a, a landslide. Yeah, I've gone Broncos. Although the Dragons' record against the Broncos recently not too bad, but yeah, Broncos. Yeah. Then the Sunday games, um, Bulldogs, Tigers. I've gone with Bulldogs and so is Simon. Um, yep. I'm, I'm, off, I'm off the Tigers bandwagon now. Yeah, Resounding, resoundingly in the Bulldogs' favour here. Yeah. And then the last game, Raiders, Sharks. Simon has gone for the Raiders. I've gone with the Sharks. Yeah, I went Sharks too. Sorry, Simon. I know it's, it'll be tough for them in Canberra. but um, yeah, It will be. It will be. Yeah. I want to see – I still need to see more out of the Raiders before I start backing them, um, unless they play the Dragons. So, yeah, that's all our picks. Um, we No, we've got a few. So we all picked the Seagulls, all picked the Dolphins, and all picked the Cowboys, and all picked the Bulldogs. All the rest are a bit of a mix. So um, hopefully we can catch up to Simon Ritchie. Hopefully. Um, and um, this is probably the time where Jacko leaves us, but we're going to talk about some Super League before we go. <laughs> See you, Jacko. <laughs> um, 
So, oh, um, and Simon's asked, do we think the buy has a chance against Penrith? Yeah, I think the no, buy. No shot. It might have a chance, slight chance. Buy's been looking good, man. They got the Dragons in that first round. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jacko says bye. <laughs> See you, Jacko. So, um, yeah, we've got um, Catalans defeated Wigan, 18-10. Uh, Lee defeated St. Helens 20 to 12. We talked about this during the weekend, and I said, um, Yeah, big surprise. Even St. Helens were too scared to um, tackle that horrible looking jersey. So, um, <laughs> Lee, Lee, the Lee Leopards have kind of got the, the secret sauce right now with that abomination of a jersey. Warrington defeated Hull KR 18 10. Leeds defeated Wakefield 26 0. Um, Uddersfield defeated Castleford 36 6. And then Salford defeated Harley FC 60 to 14. Um, and then round five, we've got Castleford versus Leeds, Uddersfield versus Wigan, St. Helens versus Harley FC, Warrington versus Lee, Catalans versus Hull KR, and Salford versus Wakefield. And I see Simon said Super League release criteria. Um, is that to do with the relegation promotion stuff? I was looking into it, but um, yeah, it's going to take two years for the new grading system with the 36 clubs and rugby league system in UK and France. Um, and yeah, Kaiser's leaving too, because he doesn't like <laughs> Super League. Um, yeah, so I, I was going to bring that up about the Super League, but I thought with the uh, new teams and the head knock stuff, it was too much information for Richie. So um, yeah, it's going right. to take, it's going to take them two years to kind of figure out ups and downs, but We'll, we'll get into that at a, a later date because um, it appears to be just me and Simon that seem to care about Super League that much. So, <laughs> um, yeah, anything else you want to add, Richie? Um, we still – we tried to cut it down and we still went for um, – uh, he, He's left because you're talking Super League as well. Oh, come on now. You just cut <laughs> him off. I I was going to give Paul an apology. We, we try to be concise, but – an hour and 23 so far. That's, that's longer than normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we'll aim. We'll still aim to get into that dream hour. Um, apologies, Paul. Um, but yeah, thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on the standoff for Brandon Ritchie. For your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into the show next week at 8 p.m. here on Facebook at your or at your convenience on iHeartRadio, Spotify, or even on YouTube. I know a lot of you watch on YouTube. Um, just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Uh, cheers for joining me again, Richie. Cheers, cheers for coming man. back, Paul. And apologies for the for the long time again. And good night, everyone. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.